Welcome into the ITP Quick Kicks podcast for Thursday, February 18th. Chuck Zada and Mark Schofield here, and as the draft continues to get closer, one day closer every day, according to uh, the latest math studies out there, uh, we figured we'd start to really dig into some of the prospects out there, and so this is going to be one of our first uh, extended looks at an individual prospect, and Mark, this is someone who I think uh, has had some pretty uh, pretty divisive opinions throughout the draft community here, and that is none other than uh, Christian Hackenberg. Yeah, and what's interesting is I'm not sure if he really has divisive opinions. It's just the opinions really just flipped over the last year and a half or year and a half or so. Where I guess what are the major reasons in your opinion for? why that change happened obviously the production uh you can point to but i guess what i'm looking for what are the root causes of that shift in production well i think it's hard because when you look back at his freshman year tape and i've watched i think now three games from each of his three years in college and you look at his freshman tape under bill o'brien and back in 2013 and you see a decide a pretty decisive quarterback that can you know, make throws with timing, with anticipation. He shows a pretty good understanding of that offense that he was running under Bill O'Brien. But then O'Brien leaves for the NFL. Now he's in a system under James Franklin. And at times you saw flashes. Like there's an article on InsideThePylon.com right now where I look at, you know, his timing, feel, and in anticipation. It's the first piece I've written on Hackenberg um, basically since I wrote a piece contrasting the play that he and Wentz ran a similar type of play back earlier in the year. And you can still see, you know, freshman year, sophomore year, junior year, that it's there. It's lying beneath the surface. But there was just – there just wasn't that true level of comfort in the system. And I don't know if it was a coaching problem. I don't know if it was just a scheme fit problem. I, I can't figure it out. But – the tape just isn't as good. There are moments when you're like, that, that's good Christian. That's good Christian Hackenberg right there. His first throw of the season against Temple, you're like, nice anticipation, deep comeback route. That's the guy we know and love. But then there are throws where you're just, you're just scratching your head. When, when you look at the tape, and we talked, I think it was on Tuesday, uh, about the hitch step, and then we, d- we dug into footwork of quarterbacks. Is this something where his discomfort is apparent in his footwork, or do you see it in other places as you're examining the tape? Honestly, the two recent footwork glossary entries on quarterbacks were spurred in my mind by watching his tape, um, mostly from his freshman year. Um, because it was confident and precise and it was really in sync with the route structure with the receivers and the routes that they were running. I mean, there was one throw his freshman year where the receiver plants his foot to make a break and he's at the same exact moment planting his foot to make the throw. I mean, it's that precise and in sync. And you see it to a similar extent in his sophomore and junior year. I think what really kind of shakes people is a diminished ability to place the football where he needs to over the past couple of years. Um, Accuracy, for whatever reason, took a hit. Now, he was getting hit a lot. That Temple game, he got knocked around. And like we saw with Aaron Rodgers, you know, during stretches of Green Bay season, when a quarterback is under pressure and under duress and the clock starts to accelerate in their head and they can't really settle into a groove, accuracy tends to dip. What have I guess looking back over the last decade or so, are there any quarterbacks that you've seen have a similar 
regression, I guess you'd call it, in their college years that are then able to put it together when they get to the NFL level? That's a really good question and one that I, off the top I'm of my head, to think. I don't know the answer to. I mean, obviously, and I hate to use this name because it's the name that gets brought up anytime they're sort of like a late round, mid round type quarterback. But if you look at Tom Brady at Michigan, like, remember, he was a guy that was like fighting for his job. Yep. Yep. And then obviously had time to season in the NFL and has gone on to do great things. Again, I am not in any way, shape, or form even making something remotely close to a Hackenberg Brady one to one comparison, but he's the first name that pops into my mind. Yeah, I'm just trying to think because oftentimes you look at the guys who you know, make it as quarterbacks in the NFL and you say, okay, you saw the development over the course of their college career. And I'm just trying to think if there are any guys out there, and I'm sure there are a couple where you say, okay, they they had a tough senior year or a tough junior year, but still decided to come out and they somehow, you know, were able to turn things around at the NFL level. But as we've talked about, it's, you know, the NFL level, it's difficult to learn and try to get your footing there. That's not really what the league is built for. It's built to try to generate production, not to necessarily teach you and get you back to where you need to be. Right. And I think that there's going to be a question that he'll need to answer. And that is if there's, you know, there's definitely been the dip in production. There's been some sort of regression, you know, just in the tape. Coaches like to see, you know, the opposite of that. They like to see a guy that's like developing, like Dak Prescott, for example, has definitely improved over the past season or so as a passer. His tape of junior year, he was missing open seam routes. He didn't seem comfortable at times in the offense that they were running. You see a much more confident quarterback his senior year. Does he still have issues? Does he still have flaws? Of course. He's another guy that struggles with ball placement, but there's been improvement. So a coach, you know, if you're sitting there and it's like day two, it's early third round and you need a quarterback and both these guys are on the board, like, who are you going to go with? Are you going to go with a guy that, yeah, granted, freshman year looked like every bit the part of a first round draft choice or you're going to, and then sort of fell off, or are you going to bend the table for the guy that, okay, he's developed, but he's on more of an upswing? So is when you look at Hackenberg, then, is he a guy, we've got the combine coming up in two weeks, if he throws at the combine and throws well there, there's no doubt that some team is going to look at that, and if, you know, we've talked the last couple weeks now about how quarterbacks become overvalued in the draft process, if he has a big day there, he's easily a guy that you could see rising up just on the basis of that performance, if a team says, oh, he's in an unfamiliar setting and he, you know, he figured it out, even though it's not real game tape. I think so. And obviously there's other things that come with the combine. There's meeting with teams and all the stuff that goes into that. Now, the of course, X factor in all of the Christian Hackenberg talk is the Houston Texans. Because as I was just you know spending some time saying, Houston Texans, their head coach is Bill O'Brien. And... His tape under Bill O'Brien looked, like I said, every bit the part of a future first-round draft choice. And if the Texans, I'm not saying he'd be a first-round pick for them, but round two, does Bill O'Brien say, okay, this is a guy that I know I could get something out of. I'll go grab my guy again. Yeah, I mean, obviously, look, and we've seen those types of rumors where college coach leaves, heads to the NFL. We saw him last year with Chip Kelly and Marcus Mariota saying, okay, is he going to try to end up with Mariota at the pro level? And obviously the O'Brien connection there, as you said, look, this is a case where he's the guy that 
Hackenberg really succeeded under. And certainly, you know, Hackenberg and O'Brien, they, they know each other well through the recruitment and everything, and then, you know, coaching him, obviously. So, that, you know, you definitely have that connection there, and that's something that you're not going to be able uh, to really, you know, put to bed anytime just because those rumors will always be there when you look at Hackenberg's tape this year and obviously you know it's as you said there's you know you have plays where you say okay this is a guy who can make the throws and then you look two plays later and it's you know what are you thinking that type of inconsistency just the fact that he has that upside though gives him reason to be do you think he's a guy that goes on day two or do you think he's still you know you're waiting on day three here now I mean not where he I should go, but where he does. Where he does, I think he he I think he does do, go day two. Now I haven't put a full like evaluation slash grade on him yet, but I think because of the raw tools, because of the tape that you see specifically from his freshman year, and there are times even this past year, like I got done watching his game against Illinois a couple of days ago, and you know obviously Illinois is not the strongest you know, team in the Big Ten, but they've got some players. I mean, like we saw down in Mobile, Jihad Ward looks like a guy that's going to move up draft boards based on his, like, ability. I mean, this was a team that had some defensive players that, for whatever reason, the team couldn't put it together, but they've got individual talent. He made some great throws in that game. He made some decisions in that game that were, you know, the right decisions, some good reads and stuff like that. So it's still there. It's just, is it going to be enough for somebody to, you know, stick their neck out and say, this is our guy on day two. And given the way this league reaches for quarterbacks, somebody will do it on day two. I mean, for example, we saw, and again, we're an anonymous scout season. We're an anonymous, you know, NFL front office season. But I saw a story a couple of days ago. Jeff Driscoll, the former Florida Gator, now at Louisiana Tech, people have him with a second round grade ahead of Connor Cook and Christian Hackenberg. Really? And that's a guy that I've got you know, some film work on, saw him down a mobile and nice guy, you know, definitely has a cannon for an arm, but really second round grade, but that's where we're at in this, you know, with this position, with this league, with this draft process. It's almost in, in, you know, you, you look at these teams and, and you almost wonder at some level, and obviously the, the NFL is no doubt a passing game spurred in part by the rule changes that we've seen in the last 15 years when we talk about illegal contact and pass interference and the way the game is called today. But it, it really just speaks to the fact that there is no alternative. I mean, when you talk about supply and demand for an offense, you have you need a quarterback in today's game. There is no real way to play without it you can't go as much as I think you'd like sometimes you can't go flex bone and say let's do this you you need to have that quarterback here well when I get a head coaching gig that team's going flex bone Chuck you know that all flex bone all the time pretty much no but I mean getting to your point though it's not that you need one you you basically need two quarterbacks that you can trust running your offense I mean look at Dallas this year look at why we're hearing rumors of Carson Wentz in the top five it's because Tony Romo went down yep. Dallas was lost because they had no plan to replace Tony Romo if he went down completely they need, torpedoed yeah yeah they, they need an answer for that which is why Carson Wentz who you know we've been talking about him since December of 2014 but not many people have but He's now rocketed up because he makes sense as a quarterback that can come in, sit for a year, spot start if necessary, and then take over when Tony Rome is done. That's how quarterbacks get overvalued. So back to Christian Hackenberg, do I think he should go day two? Not right now. Do I think he will? Yeah, probably. 
Yeah, it's it's just kind of the nature of the beast in today's NFL. It really is, and it's why it's you know so fun to be the guy that inside the pylon that gets to evaluate and you know great quarterbacks. I can I can probably say like every quarterback give them a round one or ground two grade, and I won't be far <laughs> off because that's what the league does with these guys. Yeah, it's it's true. It it really is at this point. Let's sure. uh, we got a couple minutes left here. It's time for our Twitter question of the day. Today's question comes from Michael Kist. He has the Twitter handle at Michael J. Kist. And his question is, inside the pylon, what is the most underrated component of a quarterback's game when evaluating them? Right right to our quarterback expert. Ooh, ooh that's a tough one. I, and it's hard to think about something that would be underrated because quarterbacks, because they get so overvalued and because they're such a focal point of offenses, they get picked over so much. Now... If there's an area where I think people need to spend m- not more time on, but kind of focus their thoughts during the quarterback evaluation process, I mean, arm strength, people talk about it a lot. It's one of those things you can kind of scheme around. We've had this discussion on Slack for Inside the Pylon on or around our offices, but can you really truly scheme around accuracy, I, specifically the inability to put the football where it needs to be? Yeah. It's one of those things that, you know, if you've got, a, if you've got you know, average arm strength, like look at Cody Kessler. Nobody would ever say that Cody Kessler has, you know, a rifle for a right arm. Nope. But for the most part, he can put the ball where it needs to be. He's a pretty accurate passer. That's why you might hear his name called before somebody that has a you know a stronger arm but struggles to put the ball where it needs to be because yeah. you can't really rely on an offense to move the chains and an offense to fire on all cylinders when you know receivers you know not gonna turns where he's supposed to and looks for the ball and it's not there or yep. you know throws are behind like out routes are behind a guy and they lead to interceptions. I mean. You know, so accuracy is something, you know, thinking about this some more. I mean, am I missing something? You go. Let me think for a second. So I've, I've got two that just came to mind for me. The first one is ball security. Just talking, you know, the, the ability, just how a quarterback is carrying the ball, his ability to know when it's, you know, time to essentially cover instead of trying to force a throw and he ends up fumbling the ball when he's getting hit, you know, something like that. So I look at ball security there and then kind of going along with it, just the ability to move within the pocket and comfort moving inside the pocket. Because we've seen in the NFL, and in particular, you look at the Super Bowl, and you look at the pressure that these defenses were getting on quarterbacks, didn't have a lot of room in that pocket, have to be you know, capable of just moving a quick shuffle to one side or the other and still being able to maintain rhythm and mechanics there. I think you, know, you talk about those two things. Those are kind of top of mind for me. Yeah, those make sense. Those are good ones. I thought of one more, and that's play speed. And it's not, you know, it's not like we're not talking about like the ability to run the 40 yard dash. What I'm really kind of getting at is mental process and speed at the quarterback position. You know, re- reading and reacting to the defense and deciding where to go with the football. It's a subtle one to evaluate, and it's sometimes tricky to evaluate because, again, talk about context. We don't have the play calls, we don't know for sure the progression reads from team to team, from scheme to scheme. But what we can see, given the knowledge bases that we all work from, is how a guy re- reacts to a coverage and works through the structure of a play and makes a decision with a football. Some guys, 
they read and see and react extremely quickly. I think Kevin Hogan is a guy that for the most part, he can, you know, work through a play pretty quickly. I've seen him, you know, cut drops short because he sees a route breaking open and knows if he takes the one or two more steps he needs to to finish his drop, the route's not going to be there anymore. He can't wait. Yep. So he just makes that decision. Whereas you have a guy like Jacoby Brissett, for example, that we saw down in Mobile, that he can make full real, full field progression reads. He can go right to left and even back, but the speed isn't there. It's a little bit slower. And when you talk about a quarterback transitioning from the FBS to the NFL, everybody talks about how faster, how much faster the game is when you make that leap. Sure. So if the play speed isn't there at the in, you know, in the ACC, is it going to be there on Sunday against an AFC East team, for example? Sure, absolutely. So hopefully uh, that answers that question there. As always, we do a Twitter question of the day at the end of all of our shows. Make sure you submit those uh, when we ask for them. It gives you a little bit of a chance just to interact with you. We like we like doing it. It gives us another way that we can interact with all of our uh, readers and listeners. We certainly uh, love to chat with you as much as possible. So we are out of time for the day. We will be back with our final episode of the week tomorrow on Friday. I get to uh, talk a little bit about one of the great kickers in college history who unfortunately saw his NFL career uh, not, not really turn out the way that people expected. We'll be talking about that tomorrow on the ITP Quick Kicks podcast.